Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to this Friday episode of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry, episode number 240. If you're keeping tally at home, which I know you are, I don't need to tell you which episode. You, of course, are keeping close track. Uh, We've been at this here now a year. The first episode uh, broadcast just over a year ago, and I am absolutely thrilled and excited today, just as I was on day one. Thanks for being a part of this little experiment here on KSL News Radio. Uh, Okay, yesterday. Yesterday, do you remember that conversation we had about Utah's Attorney General Sean Reyes? Yeah, he had signed on to an amicus brief joining 17 other attorneys general across the state, invoicing their support for a lawsuit filed by the Attorney General from Texas, right, Uh, seeking to overturn the results of four states uh, throughout the country, those four states uh, having been determined to have voted for President-elect Joe Biden. Anyway, uh, I won't go through the, the details of yesterday. Uh, only to point out, I did I did learn one interesting thing about the Texas lawsuit, and this is uh, really just a tiny in the weeds detail, but it, it struck me as as important. If you if you are a close follower of cases that are brought before the Supreme Court, when it is a state bringing suit, it will all often be the Solicitor General who brings that lawsuit. That was the case when there was an Obamacare-related lawsuit brought to the Supreme Court. It was the Solicitor General of Texas, not the Attorney General. And so why the break from precedent in that case? Uh, You know, you're just going to have to speculate, just as I am, uh, which may mean, may indicate that the Solicitor General uh, not on board with this. Anyway, uh, that's all yesterday's news. Uh, What I have since learned is that there is now another amicus brief, which has been drafted and submitted to the Supreme Court. This one uh, bearing much more than just the 17 states signed on, but now we have 106 Republican members of the House of Representatives who have drafted, uh, again, a friend of the court brief. It's called an amicus brief. And just a real quick schoolhouse rock definition of an amicus brief, it essentially is a letter sent to the court expressing some sort of view. The, the the standard for standing is not the same. You just need to communicate some sort of relevance and then present your opinion, your view on the matter. Very simple document to fill out. In fact, I was curious a few days back about how easy it would be if I, say, wanted to draft an amicus brief and the Supreme Court very generously and clearly uh, provides, I think it's a two or three page document that runs through the, the format and the method for submission. So if you listen, if you're looking for an extra uh, self-assigned homework assignment uh, and you want to send an, an amicus brief, 
Uh, you just Google your way over to the Supreme Court and their submission instructions for an amicus brief. It's an interesting thing, and if you go down that road, you'll learn some uh, some interesting trivial facts when it comes to Supreme Court policy and procedure. Interesting stuff. But the new the new amicus brief filed by these again more than a hundred House Republicans. They are backing this Texas lawsuit. Now, you're probably asking yourself, you know, we've got ourselves a few uh, House members here in Utah who find themselves on the Republican side of the aisle. Well, uh, depending on your politics and your view of this thing, you you will either be uh, either pleased or disappointed to learn that not one of Utah's Republicans signed on to this amicus brief. Not one of Utah's Republicans placed their name on this document submitted to the Supreme Court in support of the Texas lawsuit. When I got the document in my hands, uh, actually it was emailed to me in a PDF form. Of course, I went directly to Control-F and I typed in Utah. And I thought for certain that I would at least see one. I thought after the tweet of yesterday from Utah Congressman Chris Stewart communicating his support for Sean Reyes and his efforts to clear up. And this is, I'm drawing language directly from Congressman Stewart's tweet. He says, I support Sean Reyes' efforts to clear up critical concerns regarding the election. There are questions that clearly need to be answered, and this lawsuit is an effort to get those. We need all the information to restore faith in our election process. I thought for certain that after that uh, public support, that he would, Congressman Stewart, would have placed his name here on this amicus brief. Uh, surprisingly, uh, not not present, nor included in this list of signatories is Congressman Bishop, uh, nor is the name of Congressman uh, Stewart. I point out Ben McAdams not listed either, but uh, I don't think that would be expected, uh, seeing how this list right now is comprised solely of House Republicans uh, and and those coming from very, very Republican red districts, if you will. So interesting stuff. There has been a a, a response. So if you remember yesterday, there was a deadline in this whole deal. Yesterday, 1 p.m. Mountain Time was the deadline for the four states uh, accused of mishandling the election by the Texas Attorney General. Uh, they had until 1 o'clock yesterday to, uh, to respond to that. And it was uh, a universal condemnation and a refutation of the charges against them. Uh, Their claims were that, no, in fact, we, even despite the fact that we were operating under these new circumstances, these new COVID-19 circumstances, that uh, everything was was fine and there was no violation of the Constitution here. And so those responses, plus the original lawsuit, plus, if they so decide, the amicus briefs that have been filed now by uh, attorneys general throughout the state, uh, a healthy handful of Republican legislators, and uh, and also those who are opposed to the lawsuit, that will all be now collected by the justices of the Supreme Court, and a decision will be made. The first decision is whether or not to even hear this case. And I'm no Supreme Court justice. I'm no former clerk. I don't know. I can't read uh, the future. But if I was a betting man, I might say that this case will not be heard. Uh, what do you think? 57500, that's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. We're going to take a break right now. And when we return, uh, we're going to shift gears pretty uh, dramatically and look at the shift in prioritization when it comes to the COVID-19 vaccine as it arrives here in the state of Utah. Teachers, school staff, now high on the list. We'll have a conversation with the president of the Utah Education Association, Heidi Matthews, next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. 
And this is KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.